This is GovInfoSecurity.com's Week in Review for Saturday, June 5th, 2010. Hello, I'm Executive Editor Eric Chabro. Army General Keith Alexander is arguably the most powerful individual in the federal government when it comes to cybersecurity. For nearly five years, Alexander has been director of the National Security Agency, the super-secret electronic surveillance arm of the Department of Defense. The general last month added the title of commander of the newly formed Military Cyber Command and earned a fourth star. And this past week, Alexander made his first public appearance as cyber commander at a forum sponsored by the Public Policy Institute, the Center for Strategic and International Studies. In his presentation, Alexander bluntly said that situational awareness, simply knowing what systems hackers are up to, remains a vexing challenge to overcome to safeguard America's military IT systems. In short, we face a dangerous combination of known and unknown vulnerabilities, strong adversary capabilities, and weak situational awareness. The trends seem to be evolving in other ways that should also give us concern. A decade ago, network penetration seemed targeted mostly at exploiting data. In the last few years, we saw the bar of conduct lowered for computer network attacks. Now there are hints that some penetrations are targeting systems for remote sabotage. Potential for sabotage and destruction is now possible and something we must treat very seriously. Alexander said the military needs real-time situational awareness in its networks to see when something bad is happening and take immediate action. Next up, our featured interview. Occupational fraud, mostly through employee theft, is a growing global problem for all organizations. According to a just-released report by the Association of Certified Fraud Examiners, the two sectors most stricken by incidents of occupational fraud are two of the most regulated, banking and government. My colleague Tracy Kitten has been looking into this. She spoke this past week with Association Vice President and General Counsel John Warren. Hi, Tracy. Hi, Eric. Thanks for inviting me. I understand that identifying employees who commit fraud is hard to do in advance. Why so? The problem is that those who commit so-called occupational or internal fraud are not career criminals. They have no history of fraud or crime. But there are certain behaviors and signs employers can watch for, such as an employee who lives beyond her means or one who has mounting medical bills. Here's John Warren discussing what he calls the fraud triangle. It's need, opportunity, and rationalization. And the need comes when you take a person who's in a financial bind. You know, they can't pay their mortgage or they've got big health care bills or, or whatever it may be. You combine that pressure with an opportunity where someone says, notices or realizes that their job allows them access to money and they see a way to take it without getting caught. And usually the third component is rationalization, meaning usually they will tell themselves, they don't think of themselves as criminals, so they will say, well, I'm just borrowing this to get by, I'll pay it back later. What inevitably happens is they take a small amount, they see if they're going to get caught when they don't, they take a little more and a little more, and pretty soon it spirals out of control to the point where they could never hope to pay it back. What can agencies do to prevent occupational fraud? So to fight the growing rate of occupational fraud incidents, governments and agencies should get their employees and clients involved and have them report abuse either through anonymous tips or tip hotlines. Thanks, Tracy. Thank you, Eric. It was my pleasure. You can hear Tracy's interview with John Warren by going to the podcast page at GovInfoSecurity.com. Finally, from our blogs. The cybersecurity profession lost one of its role models late last month, Chloe O'Brien, with the end of the series 24. 
Chloe O'Brien, the geeky colleague of TV's 24's Jack Bauer? You bet. How can a fictional character employs computer wizardry in a war against evil help to defend the virtual world in real life? She inspires. Yep, academics and those who seek to encourage people to enter the computer security field say strong, appealing characters on TV shows such as Chloe O'Brien serve as role models. Here's Michael Kaiser, executive director of the National Cybersecurity Alliance. When people see these shows that show these exciting careers, and I'm not sure that the careers that they actually end up on are as exciting as the things on the television shows, <laughs> and things don't often get wrapped up in an hour like they do on TV, but that they gravitate towards those. And so that's the kind of the example that I'm talking about in terms of more role models out there for young people to see that there's exciting opportunities in the cyber world. I mean, we do have some shows that, like 24, for example, that where cyber plays a huge role and some other ones. And I think as young people see that, they may get excited about those as possible careers. But that's a societal shift that we all have to buy into. And it's something that we have to help young people not only see it on TV as an opportunity, but also back it up in the classroom the kinds of education that supports them actually achieving that. Perhaps as Congress and the administration finalize the fiscal year 2011 budget, they could set aside some money for a treatment for a new TV series featuring an awesome cybersecurity whiz battling those bad guys in the virtual world. It could prove to be money well spent. That's it for this week's News and Review. Look for more news stories, analysis, interviews, and blogs at govinfosecurity.com. I'm Eric Chavro. 